Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Restore Community Church weekly podcast, where we are all about helping people find their way back to God. Uh, This week, we are starting a brand new series of messages called Contrast, where we are going to be walking through the life of David week by week. This week is all about the heart as we kick this series off, and we're going to be giving you one specific step that you can take to start working on your heart. Uh, I have the privilege of teaching this message this week. Uh, So excited about it. So let's go ahead and tune in as we kick off this series. Disney World. Everyone has always wanted to go to Disney World. Growing up, that was one of my all-time favorite destinations to want to go toward. To this day, I am in my mid-30s. I still haven't been to Disney World, but I'm hoping to take my kiddos there sometime soon. Uh, Have any of you ever out there ever been to Disney World before? Uh, Drop us a comment down in the chat. Let us know if you've been to Disney World, how many times you've been to Disney World. Uh, A lot of places uh, describe Disney World and people who have gone as one of the most magical places in the whole world. The way they set up the park, all of the rides, all of the different aesthetics about the park, it is just this beautiful thing. And there's no place in all of Disney World that is more iconic than the Main Street. That street where there's all these shops lining the street up and down, and then at the end of the street, the magical Disney Castle, or Cinderella Castle, as it's called in Disney World down in Orlando. But as amazing as Disney World is, they put a lot of energy and effort into tricking you and to believing the place is a little more magical and a little more grand than it actually is. Take, for example, the iconic Main Street, where there are these three-story buildings uh, up and down the entire street. Now, did you know that the first floor of those buildings are normal-sized floors, but the second floor is actually a little bit shorter, and the third floor is only a few feet big? If you were to stand on the corner of a main street and actually look at the buildings really closely, you would actually be able to see with your visual, uh, with your own eyes, oh man, it does get shorter and shorter. They're trying to do this thing called forced perspective where instead of actually building and using all the materials necessary to create a three-story building, they're using the forced perspective of uh, making each floor a little bit smaller and smaller, which is gonna give you the perspective that it's actually big. Now, it's not just the buildings on Main Street that do this. Yes, Cinderella Castle also incorporates this. One of the things I've heard from many of my friends who have been to Cinderella Castle, been to Disney World, is that when they get right up to the castle, they oftentimes say, it's not as big as I thought it would be. And that's because they are also using forced perspective. Uh, The higher and higher the castle gets, the smaller and smaller in scale the windows are. On the base level, they're normal size, but when they get higher up, just like in this photo of another Cinderella castle that you're seeing right now, it is significantly smaller. In fact, it's less than half the size of a normal person. Disney is really good. It's a really magical place, but they incorporate a lot of things to trick you into believing the external is the most important, when in reality, on the inside, a lot of these buildings and facilities are hollow. The reality is that the outward appearance doesn't line up with what it actually is. It's a frightful reminder that so much of our lives, we're so concerned with what's on the outside, 
that we don't take time to look at what's authentic on the inside. What's up, everybody? My name is Theo Davis. I'm the digital pastor here at Restore, and we are starting a brand new series. So you've joined us at the perfect opportunity uh, to, to jump into what we're doing here at Restore Online and throughout our other campuses. The, this series is called Contrast, and kind of the big thought behind this series is this. Uh, every Christ follower is called to live a life of contrast because normal isn't working. You see, everyone desires to live a life full of meaning, full of purpose. However, when you look at the average normal life of a teenager, of an adult, of a parent, we often see lives that are falling short of this. We can't keep doing what's normal in our culture and our society and expecting life-changing results. Normal is kind of coasting through life, right? Normal is the path of least resistance. Normal is just looking out for your own interest and not the interest of anyone else. Normal is letting, your, letting the culture teach your kids right from wrong. Friends, normal just isn't working. We want to live a life of confidence, of joy, of adventure that leaves a legacy behind. And in order to do that, we need to live a life of contrast to what the world is offering us around us. You see, a life of contrast is challenging because we're stepping outside of the normal mode of doing things. However, when we live lives of contrast to what's normal, that's when the heavens open up. That's when the floodgates come out. That's when suddenly people are looking at you And they're wondering, man, what's different about you? Why are you moving through life in such a different way? Why are the results of your life different than the results of my life? And it's all because we're following Jesus, the principles of Jesus. And so throughout the course of this series, we are going to be looking at the life of David. And we're going to be trying to pull out some lessons from his life and apply it to our own. So for today, uh, week one of our series, Contrast, here's the big idea. This is the thing that I want you to really hone in on, that I want you to memorize, that I want you to carry with you throughout the week. And it is simply this, our heart, not our appearance, determines the course of our lives. Let me say it again. Our heart, not our appearance, determines the course of our lives. Every culture throughout history, friends, is always, is always obsessed with the external. They're always obsessed with the superficial. And our culture is no different. I'll just give you one example of how our culture is so obsessed with the external, and that's social media. Now, anyone out there knows that I love social media. I'm on there all the time. I love connecting with people. I love encouraging people. I love challenging people on social media. But no one teaches us how to use social media. And if left unchecked, Normally, we'll go to social media and we'll just be looking at the superficial things other people are doing and comparing ourselves to what they're doing. In fact, this one psychological study uh, looked at the lives of particular individuals, one person who eventually admitted themselves to a hospital because they were just so overwhelmed with the social media feed. And he says this, I'm just going to read it for you right now. I've been admitted to this ward and I feel awful. But I go online and my friends are getting married. One's having a baby. A couple are on holiday. They all look so great. And they are all certainly having a better time than me. 
Man, I, I feel that. I feel that so much when I open up Facebook or Instagram and it can be so easy to get consumed with what's on the outside. So easy to get consumed with our neighbors and with all this other external stuff. But guys, God wants to free you from that today. God doesn't want you to be bound up by what's external. He wants you to focus on something different. Our heart, not our appearance, determines the course of our lives. So let's jump into this series. Let's jump into the life of David right now and just begin to pull some of these principles out for ourselves. Let's take a look at the life of David. There's just a few things you need to know before we jump into the introduction of David. You see, the people of Israel, they were slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. They eventually left. God led them out of Egypt and established the nation of Israel. And And God wanted to rule over the people of Israel. But Israel wanted to be normal. Israel wanted to be just like all the other nations around them, which all had kings. And God tried to warn them, guys, like kings are concerned with the kingship. Kings are concerned with building up their empire, with building up their success and fame. Are you sure you want that? The people of Israel were like, yeah, we want a king. We want to be just like everyone else. So God said, okay. So he anoints someone to be king. Uh, This guy Saul, he starts off so well, but ultimately he does evil in the eyes of God and his life ends with tragedy. We're going to talk more about that in the coming weeks. But now God is at this point where he's like, man, I need to find a new king. I need to find someone with a better heart. And so this is where we pick up our story in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. Uh, We're going to read little bits of it. I'll make some comments and then we'll uh, keep talking about it. It says this, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned for Saul, the previous king, uh, long enough. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. So Samuel was, excuse me, Samuel was this prophet of God. He was kind of the mouthpiece for God in the nation of Israel at that point in time. And it was super common for Samuel to be telling the people uh, amazing things that was going to happen in the life of their nation. And Samuel was the one who was in charge of anointing the next king. Samuel didn't get to pick. It was God who directed Samuel. Let's keep reading. Uh, Verse 6. When they arrived... Samuel looked, took one look at Elab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Elab was the oldest. Elab was, uh, in, in, <clears throat> in ancient times, whoever was the oldest son, he was the one who was going to get all the inheritance. He was the one that was going to get uh, everything that his father had worked hard for because he was the firstborn. Uh, All the other sons would get a little something, but really the firstborn was the one that you really wanted to get everything and to carry forth your name. So it's not surprising that Jesse may have uh, uh, pushed Elab a little bit further ahead. Like, hey, hey, Samuel, come over here. I want you to check out Elab. Uh, Take a look at him. And it's interesting. When Samuel the prophet saw Elab, the firstborn, this tall guy, he instantly thought to himself, oh, surely... This is the Lord's anointed. But let's keep reading. 
What is God saying? Uh, in verse 7, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord sees things, uh, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. <clears throat> Man, friends, I am so encouraged that just like Samuel, sometimes we get it wrong. That Samuel, this prophet of God, this guy who hears the voice of God on a daily basis, who's the mouthpiece of God, he got it wrong. He was focused only on the outward appearance. And here God says, mm, no, Samuel, you're wrong. You might be concerned with what's on the outside, but I'm concerned with what's in the heart. He was focused on the external, Samuel. He was focused on marketing. Oh, this, this guy would be a great poster child for the nation of Israel. He was focused on how others might respond. Oh, look, I brought back this big, hulking guy. He probably had a really big, thick beard. I, I'm always jealous of guys who have thick beards because I can't grow one. I don't know about you, but I'm just, I'm so grateful that Samuel made a mistake because I make the same mistakes sometimes. Let's keep reading. Then Jesse told his son uh, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned uh, another son. <clears throat> but Samuel said, neither is this one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the field watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down until he arrives. Imagine what this says about the father and how the father viewed his youngest son, David. The, the prophet Samuel had come and said, hey, gather your sons together. One of them is going to be the next king of Israel. And so Jesse, this father, he gathers all of his sons except one. A oh, little runt David, he's out in the field. There's no possible way David would be king. He's too small. He's too scrawny. Uh, he's, he's the last in line to receive stuff from me. No, it's got to be these sons over here. Man, this parent got it wrong. He excluded one of his kids, and it, it might end up being the kid that he excluded. The kid that he didn't think was worthy is the one that God chooses. Friends out there, have you ever felt excluded? Have you ever felt not worthy, looked over maybe at work, maybe within your family, maybe within a friend group? I'm here to tell you that God sees you. Let's keep reading in verse 12. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one anoint him. So David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with it. <clears throat> and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Our heart, not our appearance, determines the course of our lives. 
Friends, there, there are some key observations that I notice in this passage of Scripture. We're kind of doing a little bit of a Bible study today where we're just reading it and then making some observations and applying it to our lives. Here's just a few of the observations that I noticed as we were reading through that just now. Number one, uh, the external tells a story, but it's never the whole story. Friends, when we're looking at people, when we're looking at situations, the external, it tells a story, but it's never the whole story. We've got to learn to be wary of just judging people based on their looks, their race, their height, how, uh, what they're wearing, what they're dressed in, what families they come from. External tells some of the story, but it never tells the whole story. So we must, when we're looking at other people, be aware of that. Another observation is this. When no one else notices you or what you do, God still takes notice. I, I love that we live in a world where we don't have to put everything on display. See, that we live in a society that if it didn't happen on social media, it didn't happen. If people don't know I did this awesome thing, <clears throat> it didn't happen. But you know what? Like, I love this story because it shows that God is watching you. God sees what you do. He sees your character. Even though Jesse was in this position of power and he could have brought his whole, all of his sons, he only brought some of his sons and he excluded David, God still knew that David was the one. And Samuel then was like, hey, go get David. Go get, the, go get your last son. I need all of your sons here. Friends, if you look overlooked, if you feel overlooked, if you feel like people aren't acknowledging you, that's okay. We don't need acknowledgement from the whole world. We need to see as God sees, and we need to recognize that God knows our heart, and he sees all that we do. I love <clears throat> the authors of Scripture. They talk about our heart so many times. Psalm chapter 51, verse 10, David says this, Create in me a clean heart. He, he wrote those words after he had failed in several big ways, which we'll talk about later in the series. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 2, a person thinks their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. Friends, you and I, our heart, what we're doing on the inside matters so much more than what's on the outside. Again, our big idea for today, our heart, not our appearance, determines the course of our life. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, as an application point, as uh, we're, we're wrapping up this stream today, as we are moving throughout the rest of our week, man, okay, Theo, I get it. The heart is important. What we do with our heart matters. Our heart determines the course of our life. Okay, what do I do? What do I do? Uh, let's do a heart check. Let's do a simple heart check. Because sometimes we don't know what's in there unless we pause, unless we take a breath, and unless we really examine our heart. Again, I love <clears throat> Proverbs uh, 4, verse 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So let's do a heart check. Here, here are three questions we should ask ourselves, probably weekly, if not daily, in order to uh, see what's going on inside of our hearts. Number one is this, what do my words reveal about my heart? What are the things that you're saying and what are the things that you're typing 
Because what we say and what we're typing reveals the condition of our heart. Are we being petty? Are we uh, talking smack about people? Are we encouraging people? Are we lifting people up? Go back through your social media feeds and see uh, what is the stuff you're posting. Go through your text messages and see what the, t- the tones are. Listen to your conversation because if nothing but poison is coming out or it's a mixture of love and poison, man, let's get it all the way to love. Let's take a look at what our words are saying about the con- and that's going to reveal the condition of our heart. The second thing is this. What do my actions reveal about my heart? So your words might be good, but are you doing some underhanded things? Are you wanting to be loving and kind, but when the moment comes, you find yourself uh, short-circuited, you find yourself not doing the things that you really want to do, revealing that we've got some heart work to do? What are your actions every single day saying about the condition of your heart? Finally, what am I putting into my heart to make it healthy? What are you doing to put into your heart to make it healthy? If we don't do any heart checks, if we don't put good stuff into our heart, over the course of time, just human nature, eventually poison's gonna come out of our heart. Eventually pettiness is gonna come out of our heart, looking only for our own self-interest. But if you're putting, man, the word of God in your heart, if you're letting uh, strong mentors in your life speak life into your heart, if you're reading some solid Christian material, a a scripture, some devotionals, some good things into your heart, what are you putting in there? Because what you put in there is what we're going to get out of it. During the course of this series, as we're wrapping up, I really want us to put some good stuff in our heart. I want us to memorize some scripture. And sometimes, like, this is a practice that I've done as a kid. Uh, my mom was really great about, like, encouraging me to do this. And I used to think, oh, memorizing scripture, it's so hard. No, Theo, no. Like, oh, you, you might even be watching online right now, and you're like, oh, I, ca- I can't do it. No, you can. We're going to do it right now. Will you, will you give me two minutes? I'll show you. There's this passage of scripture, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that I want us to memorize. It says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now, wherever you are, I've said it three times, and it's probably in your head at this moment. Now I want you to actually say it out loud. I know we're, we're online and sometimes we don't want to actually engage in physical ways. But if you want your heart to change, we've got to put something good in there. So, so repeat with me wherever you're at, whatever you're watching uh, this passage of Scripture. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Now close your eyes and say it. There you go. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Friends, can you imagine if we did this? Can you you imagine what our marriages would look like if we woke up in the morning and we were doing a heart check? Can you imagine what our schools would look like 
If we were doing heart checks every single day, if we were looking at what's on the inside instead of just what's on the outside. Friends, what would our community here in Kansas City and beyond look like? If we were so laser focused, not on the external, not on what our neighbors have or don't have, not on uh, the, the types of cars people drive or the types of homes people have, but we saw their heart. We were asking questions to get to know them on a God level, the way God made them. Our nation would change. David changed his nation. Let's start changing our nation one heart at a time. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for our hearts. Thank you so much for just opening us up to this reality that our hearts, not our appearance, determines the course of our lives. I pray for every single person listening to the sound of my voice, uh, watching this message right now. God, I pray that they would earnestly seek you out every single day. It's not about how long we spend with you. Lord, I pray they would just give you one minute a day of reflecting what is in my heart, what is consuming my thoughts. Lord, help every person as they head into relationships, as they head into parenting mode, as they head back into their places of work and business. Lord, help us to look at our heart because it determines the course of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.